Beyond Belief on Claire FM. Stephen, you have been busy back in West Clare and uh, recording uh, a nice interview that we're going to listen to now in a moment. Indeed, yes, uh, Jerry. I, I just wonder, uh, how would you feel about starting your own church? Because I've met somebody who, 20 years ago, she actually did exactly that, and they now meet in Kilkee in the old Methodist church. But uh, let's play the piece. This is Stephen Fletcher, and for Beyond Belief this week, I've visited the former Methodist church in Kilkee, where a new church now meets. The small chapel was built in 1900 to serve holidaymakers and the Methodist community in Kilkee. But a hundred years later, because of the dwindling Methodist community, it was decided to offer the building to a new Christian community, which had been started in the 1980s by Mary Hamilton. I met up with Mary in Kilrush to find out how she set about starting her church. with Mary Hamilton, who is the pastor of the West Clare Christian Fellowship. And we're sitting here in the sun. It's glorious here. We're sitting outside the potter's hand. And I'm just interested, Mary, to know how you started, how you became a pastor. Let's go right back to the beginning. Where were you born? I was born in the vicinity in an area called Carnacalla, which is Bruisebridge, so many years ago. And my father had a great knowledge of scripture. I don't actually know where he got it because I come from a Catholic background. He, I knew about Melchizedek and I knew all those stories from scripture when I was knee high and I knew that King Solomon was not going to have the baby like we were told in school. I knew that that was not, that he wasn't, it was to do with his wisdom. So I had all that background from scripture that I actually didn't learn in school. So in the 80s, it was very hard to get a Bible, which it was. Nobody had one. It was the houses had them built into the wall and plastered over just for good look. But they were not red. And uh, they were extremely expensive to buy. But I had my uh, scriptural background from my father. So I thought I would have to go to the States. I saw something in the Clare Champion advertising Bibles, a Bible college in the States, and I thought I would have to go to the States to get a Bible. However, I found one in Woolworths in the bargain basement and it was a King James version so I, I took it home thinking I could understand it uh, from beginning to end in two minutes and of course I didn't uh, so I I did what I would have seen my father do because he prayed for fine weather he prayed for bad weather if he wanted rain so I prayed for um, somebody to teach me and a travelling person came into the town once a week and he taught scripture so that's how I started. So I spent three years listening to him, not understanding a whole lot. But it suddenly dawned on me one night that Jesus died on the cross for me personally. I thought he would have died for everybody en masse. And that it was something that I couldn't understand. But all of a sudden I got a revelation that he died for me personally. And that blew my mind and I was I was speechless because I understood what the sacrifice meant. So after three years, he stopped coming to Kilrush and he was a Bible teacher, like I said, and he couldn't come anymore. So the people who used to come to the Bible meeting on a Thursday night ended up at my back door. 
and uh, I did what you would normally do, make tea, and they came in and we talked, what are we going to do? And believe it or not, there were three Marys. <laughs> yeah, three Marys. And so I made tea, and then without invitation, they came the, the next week. And in this time, were you still worshipping in the Catholic Church, or had you... Oh, left, yes. You, you were still going I, to Mass? I, I was still going to Mass, but I had questions. Sure. Um, and I went to a particular service where it was said off the altar that Jesus hated sinners. And I knew that was 100% wrong, that he loved the sinner, but he hated the sin, but that was totally wrong. And I knew the difference. So I made a decision. And I, st I stayed within the Catholic Church because my children went down the road of confirmation, Holy Communion, and all that. So after the third night of visitations from my friend, without they being invited, I just opened scripture and I sort of regurgitated maybe a sentence or two. And so that was fine. Everybody went home and that's how it started. And they kept coming and I couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> and somebody who knew what was happening and was watching it from a distance who maybe visit every uh, six or eight months, they worked in Money Point. And uh, she said to me, Mary, uh, the Lord is starting a church in your house. And before I knew where I was, there was maybe 40 in my sitting room and we were hanging out the window. And I panicked and I said to the Lord, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a preacher, how can I do this? And um, I felt in my spirit that he said, I'll give you enough for every Thursday night. You don't have to worry about a month's time or two months' time or a year because I saw this, how am I going to make this happen or how am I going to stop it happening? Um, so it took me quite a while to realize it, that God was starting something that I had no control over. The control I had was that I could say yea or nay. And I said yea. So it got too big for the house, so my husband uh, renovated a turf shed we had. So we never called it a fancy name. It was the turf shed to this day. It was where it started. And, uh, and, believe and it, could you get 40 people in the turf shed? We had so many people, we even had dogs. We had dogs and we had children. <laughs> And it was so packed, uh, we had to move into a bigger shed next door, which was my husband's workshop. So he threw out all the different stuff and, yeah. and put a, um, a podium there and a stage for the musicians. And we had so many musicians on the stage, you couldn't fit them. But, you know, going back to, you know, over the years, that waned from time to time and so on and so forth. Um, so while we were in the turf shed, uh, a white van pulled up outside our door and we had a chip shop in the town and my sons asked me uh, who my son owned the chip shop and he said you know what will we call the chip shop will we call it get stuffed and i said uh, no what about be filled and he went along with that because it was catchy and uh, so the people came into town and they found my house they asked who owns the chip shop and they said to me why is it called be filled and they were actually songs of praise from the bbc right and they said can we come and uh, you know uh, film you in the turf shed and they came on the thursday night um with their entourage wow. and uh, so how long ago was this oh yeah. this was in the early 90s i'd say right so the, the producer was there, they had a director chair and I was uh, powder puffed and what have you and we didn't even see it because it was in the BBC yeah. and we didn't have it yeah. uh, but it did go out because I heard from as far away as Australia that it had been seen so 
Uh, we got on that and we didn't even know we were on it. Um, so, I mean, if that's not God exposing us, I don't know what is. So, it's the, the second shed filled to capacity and it was a kind of a strange thing because the most of the people were people that were rejected and so on and so forth. Uh, but I, hadn't, I never had any problem with that. So that got too packed and I went to a Bible teaching in Kilkee in Clarella. Every summer they had um, a teaching yeah, there. I, I can't remember his surname, but he was Canon somebody, very small man from England. And I went up and listened to him and we were enthralled. And most of the other listeners were all in their 90s. And they all eventually died out. So the, the, the church in Kilkeed that serviced the holiday makers who were Protestant uh, and a Methodist background and some nuns who would have been from the Catholic background, Mother Bernard and those. And so I met him one day. I met Des Bain. I didn't know who he was. He didn't have any uh, clerical garb on. And he said, who are ye? And I said, well, we're from Kilosh and we have church in Kilosh in the shed. And I, and I said, it's raining on top of us. And I said, here are ye with a Methodist church in Kilkee. And I, I said, you're giving it to, I don't know who they were handing it over to because it was going derelict. So I asked him, you know, I said, we could use that. And uh, he heard me, and I thought it would take about 10 years between legalities and signing of forms and signing everything away, and um, that didn't happen. We got it immediately, and uh, we opened on a St. Patrick's Day uh, um, eventually. Uh, it was our first official opening, and we had Methodists, Protestants, collars, clerics, purple garb, and what have you, come to open it with us. and. Over the years, I have had amazing people to help me. The Methodists, or Des Bain was one. And Mike Pensant, an Englishman who was the pastor in Limerick. And I always made a stand that I didn't want to be a denomination, that I wanted no uh, label. And every single one of them heard me. However, over the years, we had many Christians coming in from many lands, England, America, who wanted to put their stamp on the church here and my sense from God was that we, we needed to be free uh, to work with everybody but only to come under the Lord himself uh, so that that was very hard because we had very few people to mind us because we weren't a denomination and we weren't rich but the Lord provided everything for us the Methodists um, put a new roof on the church would cost a fortune. They put a, a, a toilet and kitchen on. So that's, that's where we worship. And we are very connected as a church to Scattery and the history. I'm interested that uh, right from when you were in the shed, you had music there. So music has always been a, a large part of your, your worship, has it? Well, w worship is like praying in the double. Uh, and we always had worshippers, we always had musicians, and it always took off. And sometimes we use our own words, and we have a lot of our own uh, lyrics, we have a lot of our, they put music to it themselves. Uh, and I feel that um, the words that God has given us for a time such as this are important. 
Uh, so worship as David worshipped, he worshipped very extravagantly and we don't go to the point of where he took off all his clothes <laughs> but <laughs> we are quite noisy and um, exuberant and excited about our worship and we're always excited about the word as well. So coming to one of your services, what would I find? How would the service begin? The service begins with uh, a welcome mostly in Irish we use the Irish language in always in the church because I'm a Gael Gore and I believe the Irish language is very spiritual there's a spirituality to it and remember the poetry in Ireland was very 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 thick in the first century when the Christian church was being established music was very very important so we have music and somebody might bring a bit of scripture in the beginning of the music and we use the music prophetically and we use it, we, um, I, I can't really explain it, you would have to be there to understand. The people come in from different denominations and always get blessed because there's a move of the spirit at every meeting. And sometimes we have very little worshippers. We might have only one guitar and uh, we actually can hear more than the guitar. And I met a man one time and I mentioned it and he said, well, expect more of that. It is happening all over the world, you know. So, uh, you know, in, in the other denominations, you would follow seasons. You know, we, we've been through Lent. Um, last Sunday was Palm Sunday. Uh, we're coming up to Easter now as we record this. Do you follow those sort of seasons? Or oh, yes, we do. do. But, we, I mean, the, the, the seasons in Ireland are gone way... Um, off the wall as far as commercialism is concerned we're excited about Easter because that's when the Lord rose mm. uh, we're excited about Pentecost because that's when the Holy Spirit came on the apostles and that's what we're looking for again that's what's missing where's the Holy Spirit where is he where are the miracles that were performed on the very first they started off with a handful in an upper room and that night 3,000 this is what we're looking for 3,000 and there can be any denomination this is the most wonderful thing there can be any denomination coming to the Lord, it doesn't matter he doesn't do denominations and you know even the word Christian that was used first in Antioch and it was kind of almost a curse word because they were followers of Christ and they were the early Christians were Jews that's what came into Ireland and it's what also came into Scattery Very good, well exciting things happening and have been happening since the 80s really with your your ministry here well yes and it has been a long slog because it's quite a hard place it's quite a spiritually hard place i met a christian once who he said well i i married to somebody from dunbeg but i don't ever go by kilosh i go the other way and i said why he said well, i'd be afraid the lord has sent me there it's a hard place yeah, it's, it's, the Lord has sustained us and we are still standing, which is a victory. Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you very much, Mary. Lovely You're very story. Welcome. Thank you. Nice talking to you.
was Mary Hamilton talking to me uh, at the beginning of the year, back at uh, just after Easter, as you heard. And uh, Mary's church is called the West Clare Christian Fellowship, and it meets in the former Methodist church in Kilkee at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. 